folks and welcome to the Kicking Out of Cafe podcast. I'm your host Colin. Thank you very, very much for joining me here today. On today's show, I have the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with the one and only CT Flexer. Now, me and CT go back a fair while. We went to school together and used to hang around the same circles. But as you know, you get to adulthood, you start to separate and go your separate ways. So when I start getting into OTT last year, I obviously bumped into CT. We started talking on a semi-regular basis at shows and on social media and stuff like that. But this is all completely new to me as well, because I only know about him over the last year or so, a little bit before that, that I've seen on social media and stuff. But today he's going to take us through everything from his beginnings, how he got into wrestling, his training and how he propelled himself up to OTT. We talk a bit about the teams that he's been with, the, the names that he's gone through and most importantly, why he has no merch. This was a real big point that we that we stuck on for a while and he has promised to get some merch out there. This is going to be a really interesting show. I really hope you enjoy it. Here he is, the one and only CT Flexer. Hi CT, how are you today? How's it going mate? Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Uh, thanks very much for being on. I really do appreciate it. Obviously just to let people know, like me and CT go back uh, a few years we grew up around the same circles it's actually very nice to have someone that i actually know a bit personally on the show as well and this is going to be news to me because we went a, f- a few years without seeing each other graduated in 2006 so it's it's, it's yeah. been a while like. um, and i think we only bumped into each other again then like last year so a lot of this is going to be complete news to me but yeah if we just get cracking then so if you can just tell me about like how did you start getting into wrestling? Like, were you, were you a fan as a child? Oh yeah, I was a big fan as a kid. Like, um, I've I've been watching since I was before I can remember. Anyway, like, but yeah, I was obsessed with it. Like, that's all my life was. Like, even like you're talking, we went to the same school. Like, my two best friends, I was so obsessed that two of them came to me one day in the yard and mm-hmm. said, um, Carl, listen, like you're just talking about wrestling all the time. Like it's it's actually too much. Like so, it's either like stop talking about wrestling, or we're gonna have to stop hanging around with you. And I says, uh, all right, lads, well, uh, nice knowing you. And I ran up the yard and played, like just you know, joined in with the football or whatever, you know. That's it. Like, that's how that's how obsessed I was like with wrestling. That was just twenty four seven with myself, like sacrifice yeah. friends and then I like so obviously I grew up with wrestling so we're talking more WWE it's what what we had over here like um, yeah I don't WWE, know about you like, did, did you watch any of kind of like WCW or anything no that was on I remember that was on TNT or something back then and my cousin had it and he used to watch that and I'd watch WWE like I didn't know wrestling existed outside of them two companies like to be honest I was yeah. so naive to it like especially as a kid like I just I didn't know it existed outside of them two big companies really you know so at what point then did you kind of say okay this is something that I kind of want to get into well I stopped watching wrestling first of all in like 2003 I think it was when The Rock left soon after that because like, he was the biggest he was my favourite, like, you know, and he stopped mm-hmm. and I kind of just grew out of it then. And then I started watching again 2009 or 10 and then I heard about the school in Bray, um, the Foy Factory in Bray and I was just like, uh, oh, I need to try this. Like, just even if I, I can get in a wrestling just once, just as an experience, you know. But I went out and, like, it was like 2pm to 6pm training and I didn't get out of the ring. The, the guys got out of the ring at 4pm for a break, you know, like a half an hour or something. I didn't leave the ring once, like, 
yeah. I was like, get my, I always get my, my mate Craig that came out with me as well that day. I was like, oh, get video, like, you know, I'm up on the, I'm up on the, <laughs> on the tour book, like, you know, and I lost sleep just counting the days back to the next training session. Like, it was just, became so addictive, like. So, obviously, you must have had a good fitness level then going into it as well. Yeah, like, I was in the gym, I was in the gym about a year, and I've always been, like, athletic, like, I've always played football and stuff. As a as a teenager, as a kid, then a teenager, and then even um, a young adult, I played football, and then I just always been into sports, you know. So I was, I was in the gym just over a year, I think, just about a year and a half, mm-hmm. when I started wrestling. So I was, I had a little bit of tiny little bit of muscle on me compared to what I was as a teenager. You would have remembered me as <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I was like this, you know. Did you find the the cardio aspect? It's something that you always hear is that the, the cardio can be can be really, yeah. really tough. Yeah, you can train your ass off all day, all week, all day long, um, for a ball. Like there's different aspects of it, you know, there's training and then there's a match. So you have a match, there's a lot going on up here. So you're mentally exhausting yourself, physically exhausting yourself, and then on top of that, something you don't have in training is the, the big bright lights coming down and they just heat you up like a furnace. <laughs> So you have all that thing, all them things going on, you know. So obviously you start training in Five Factory and Bray, um, yeah. which was Paul and Fergal, wasn't it? As far as uh, I know. No, or was there like, else involved? Like, like they were around, but like the, the that was when Phil Boyd was beginning to take over. Okay. Um, there, like Fergal was in Japan, and he he'd come back and he'd train us. Like there was a stint where he was down every Wednesday training us for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Tracy was the head coach as well, but but when I joined, like Phil was kind of the person that was the first point of contact and stuff. You know, when I contacted the Facebook page at the time, yeah, I I gave him a call because I couldn't find it for ages. Like, so I was I was nearly gonna give up, but I I found it then. So he was the he was he was my head coach. I would say, uh, Phil Jordan Devlin, uh, Paul Tracy, Justy, uh, Maxer. Um, and then Fergal, when he came, when he was home from Japan, he would be, he would take charge, like definitely. Yeah. So whereabouts are you training now then? We train in the School of Irish Wrestling, which we know from Twitter has uh, closed down due to a, um, yeah. due to a uh, knobhead of a of the <laughs> landlord. Uh, yeah, kicking the School of Irish Wrestling, which is basically the school of OTT, like kind of thing. The, yeah, the, we just have some dickheads in the world, especially at the moment as well. Um, I know Joe said that he went out of his way to do everything possible, offer them more than fifty percent of the rent he's, and he's stuff. Not more than fifty percent, like, and this guy is not going to get anyone else in. So, like, terrible business idea, like, there to he's getting fifty percent of of the rent or else nothing, and he chose nothing. Yeah, well, I, I'm a firm believer in what goes around comes around, and um, it. It wouldn't be any surprise for me for him to get his comeuppance on the back end of that, or hopefully, hopefully. then Joe to um like hopefully he finds another spot out there. Like I'm sure that there is a lot out there. It's it's tough times at the moment, but fingers yeah, crossed. I was, talking, I was talking to Joe like not not about really about that. Like I text him about it and I was saying I'm sorry to hear and stuff because no one realizes like and I don't even know realize to the full extent. Yeah, because Joe has a lot of people closer to, to him than I would be to him. But like the work he has put into that, like, and I said to him, I was like, "Oh, make sure you keep the skill on the south side," you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so if, an, if anyone's if anyone's listening as well or watching, um, 
they go school of Irish wrestling. Obviously, they don't have a premises at the moment, but hopefully, when we come out of this, um, it's going to be there. And if you're interested, that's a spot to hit up. Um, oh, big time! Great, Don't get me wrong, the Fight Factory, like the Fight Factory by heart, you know. But they moved to East Wall, and yeah, and um, it's just too far for me. Like going through town or even the Toll Bridge, like and the M15 stuff. It, it it would be just it's just too far for me to get there on a weekly, you know. So yeah. like, I went over a few times, one or two train session and then Johnny Moss uh, seminars. But other than that. I'd like to stay over this side of the seat, you know? Yeah. But that, that's a good thing that we have with the dynamic of wrestling in Dublin, particularly at the moment, is that, like, you train a fight factory, you're training the skill of horse wrestling, you could still be fighting on some of the same shows and stuff as well. There's no kind of, oh, yeah. there's no divide, there's no wall between them. It's it's, no. a, it's a real case no. of camaraderie and do what's yeah. best for everybody. I mean, OTT is the biggest promotion in Ireland. Like, there's no if, what's or maybe's about that, you know what I mean? So everyone's fighting to get on to that show. So everyone has to come together. Like, there's no politics really there. Yeah. There's always going to be politics in, in wrestling and all sorts of sports and stuff like that. But um, everyone has to come together. Like, So you have the guys who are training in Fight Factory a few days a week, but they're also training in the School of Irish Wrestling once or twice a week mm-hmm. at least as well. Yeah, so take me back then. Obviously, um, you're a young upstart. Um, when did you have your first match? How long were you training for us before you, you actually got your first match? My first match I was training was, uh, I was three months in. So I started on the 1st of May 2011. I always remember Extreme Rules was that night. And uh, three months later, there was a Fergal Deva week, uh, weekend-long seminar. It was like 55 people or something like it. But that went really well for me. Like I got a lot of praise from Fergal that weekend. I always remember we were doing like back body drops, and I was landing on my feet, and he was like, "Where are you?" Like, like you know, he's like, "I could do that at your age and stuff like." But, but yeah, I got a lot of praise from like he had to. Then I think he had to fly off or, or somewhere for the show, so he couldn't stick around for the show. But someone asked him like, "Oh, you're gonna work the show tonight?" And he even picked me out. He was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna work Carl." Like you know, and like that was cool because I was only wrestler for three months at the yeah. time. Like. And I didn't even know an awful lot about him at the time, but everyone was like, he's, he's a big deal, like, you know. So it was it was pretty cool, like, uh, someone that was only in the three months, you know. So I had a, that night I had a match, my first match then. I was the first match out and the first person out of the court. And so hey, it was, like, heartbeat time. Yeah. I will, Again, Sam, best to Sam get Sam it out away with as well than sitting sitting back there waiting, yeah, yeah. waiting all exactly. as well. Exactly. So I was forced out against uh, me, a singles match against Sammy D, who was one of me best friends now like you know so um yeah and it, it, like I was happy like of course there was stuff to, to take from it and learn from but I was really happy with it like because I mean I was putting crowd work in there as well as as selling and, and, and other stuff like that like so I think it went well like it's on YouTube somewhere anyway uh, my name was Taurus Rampage <laughs> <laughs> and where did you get that name from well I am a Taurus first of all okay. and then um Someone was like, oh, I need to be just more than that. And there was a sign out there, it's like American Rampage Wrestling or something. I was like, oh, Rampage, here we go. I'll, I'll use that. <laughs> that was your first match. So what would you say would be your biggest match to date? Either Tala, the match in Tala Stadium, Tala Basketball Arena, myself and Valkyrie against Raven Creed and Jimmy Havoc. I think that was probably the biggest, especially because it was in the biggest indoor arena in Tala as well. 
Yeah. And then the other one is probably Tala as well, uh, myself and Zach Gibson. It wasn't the longest match, but it was no one was expecting me like to come out and the pop that I got like I think I think that's 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 a tiny bit of a lie. I think a lot of people expected you to come out, but the pop was still immense. Like I, I was know, in I, I was in the crowd and there was there was now not everyone was chanting, but there was some chance okay. of was um, there, yeah, there was some chance of flexor and woke a flexor and give us flexor. <laughs> um so I wouldn't say that it was it was a complete oh, surprise, okay. but um, okay. but no, that were there were a lot of surprise faces and the pop. I was in the crowd that evening and the pop was unreal, and um, which I think just shows how over you actually are with the fans. Which is crazy for me because I've always been a heel. Like my old nickname, I used to call myself the full time heel. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy, but um. I, and I kind of cheated there because I kind of got two pops because I came out and the girls wouldn't let me wrestle. They were like, no, no, sorry, Zach, he's not wrestling. So I went, sent you the court and then I came back out. I was like, this shit, like, you know. <laughs> uh, so I kind of got the two pops, which is cool, like, you know. It was a very good entrance as well. We, um, You actually had us had us for a second when you did go back because yeah. there was a bit of a moan in the crowd then as well. Yeah. And then you popped back out again and everyone yeah. just erupted again. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. The, the match against Jimmy Havoc and Raven Creed as well was, was another, it was another yeah. cracker. Were you, um, were, you, were you worried at all going into that with Jimmy? Because no. J- Jimmy can be like, Jimmy has this reputation that like he's just mental. No, no. The first thing when I heard about that match was that I was like, it's not a death match, really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't do that shit. But no, I wasn't one bit nervous. Like it was pretty cool getting into the ring and Jimmy Havoc's across the ring from me and the, the Tala were still screaming flexor, flexor if you watch it back like it like that that's class. Like so it is great to have that support from the fan base and um, mm-hmm. hopefully it keeps going because the the talent that's coming up and that's around right now in the school of world wrestling, Fire Factory and even up north, all fighting for places on OTT. So you can lose your spot in a heartbeat. So yeah. That fan interaction, that connection I have with the fans is very important for me to be staying on them shows as well. Don't get me wrong, I do believe in my own talent as well, but some of these guys are just like, yeah, how, how did you do that? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it just shows the, the different dynamics as well. Like, You can do everything right in the ring, but knock it over with the fans. Where yeah, exactly. I think I think you have you have the best of both worlds where you're, you're doing a lot of stuff right in the ring and you also have the character down to a T, the stuff okay. that you're doing on social media, you and the likes of Debbie and Valkyrie and stuff like that stuff is sheer genius. And I think that that takes it to an extra level then. And I, it just shows the, the social media aspect that's in wrestling at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, she look, at, look at the session with Martina. Like she, I just look at my whole news feed was just session with all day long. Every one of them is getting so much reaction, like whether yeah. it's views, likes, retweets, comments, like that just shows like so important these days. Like you gotta use it, that's your platform, you know? Yeah. So going away from the ring, um, do you do you have another job outside of wrestling? Yeah, yeah. I've probably had every job under the sun at this stage, and I get bored very easily. But the <laughs> job I'm in at the minute, I'm in it like over a year and a half. It's uh, I'm a bus driver. Yeah, so but I enjoy it, like, you know. And I've got, like, I just do Monday to Friday in there, so I'm still able to wrestle on the weekends and stuff, you know. 
that's very um, good very lucky as well um, and yeah, me yeah. i work shift work i work i work any five from seven days so like i'd, I'd give me right arm to work five days monday to friday um, oh, it's amazing like not everyone gets that i was i seen an opportunity in there and i, I jumped on it straight away like you know and mm-hmm. um, i do split shifts which suit me to the ground for my training for collecting my something in school uh so i'm basically going to work 10 times a week <laughs> but it's monday to friday so it's twice a day like but that's cool um you know and what it what works. other jobs have you had in the past um is there anything that like would you have had any jobs that would have prepared you for in the ring um or that maybe you used like like i don't know um, you hear a lot of a lot of wrestlers were were um, bodyguards or bouncers or something um oh well, yeah like I was, I was a bouncer for a while um a security guard i was in the army um call centers uh cash and transit driver signage places like it's like the list goes on i I literally did everything like but like i said like i, I just get bored so easy but i'm in this job it's just the longest job i've ever held down it's only a year and a half like you know once once you're enjoying it that's the main thing yeah, um yeah. I, as i said i was speaking to callum callum's a um a special needs assistant and he says it's the best job he's ever had and he loves doing it and um, no so neither do i um, he works for nice. autistic um children he's a special needs assistant in the school but he says he absolutely loves it and that's one of the, the things that if you can get up as you said five days a week and go to work or your 10 yeah. shifts um and you enjoy what you're doing that's that's like that's like gold dust yeah yeah um, it's not my dream jo- it's not my dream job like but it's uh it's something i'd like i don't ever dread going to work like, apart from when you get up at 4 a.m you know <laughs> of course who doesn't dread that like, yeah but. so then going back then like if you if you were able to talk to yourself a young ct flexor yeah just about to get into wrestling and what you know now, what advice would you give them? Is there anything wow. that you would have wished that you knew beforehand, before getting in? Or like, um, look, I'll give you an example. Um, Callum's was work ethic. He says that he didn't have the work ethic when he started. He wasn't yeah. mature enough, and that's something that he would have um, told himself to nail down and work hard and work. Yeah, like don't. Not that I ever. Um, not that I ever felt it, but don't ever feel you're owed anything. It's what I probably would have told myself, like, not that, I, like I said, not that I did, but sometimes maybe I would have been like, I kind of stopped going training when, when I was getting booked on shows and stuff, but don't ever feel like you're owed anything. You get out what you put in, and wrestling is 100% that. Whatever you put into it, you will get out. I noticed that this time around, like, it just woke Queen's things, the best thing that's that's happened to me in wrestling, like, and it's because I put the, put the work in. So would you give any, any different advice then to, let's say, a young upstart? Let's say someone who's just walking in the doors at the school. Is there anything that you, any kind of piece of advice that you'd give them? So someone who's maybe sitting at home, maybe listening to this, this podcast or watching it on YouTube and they're thinking about getting into it. Is there any advice that you give them? Yeah, well, first of all, if you're thinking about getting into it, if, if, you, if you're a fan of wrestling, and you're somewhat like athletic and stuff, you know. You, th- th- there's a lot of people that come down and are probably best off. The nicest way I can say it's best off staying as fans. You know, you're not going to turn into a Will Osprey or anything. Just if you haven't got it, you have to have that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I would just say if like give it a go. Like you won't regret it. Like there's it's it's amazing getting into that ring and that. Like you know, give it a go and just 
if you're gonna do something and commit to something, then give it your all. Give it like give it everything you have. And if it if it doesn't turn out, well, then that's what's to be. But give it all you have, like really. So just another point there as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, the school also does like so you could go and try to be like a, a manager of a wrestler. Or you could yeah. or you could or do they do they train referees and announcers yeah. and stuff like that as well? Yeah, like Foxy Foxy has did some work with other people who have um aspired to be referees in OTT and, and other promotions. I know for a fact when we were still in training the main stage before the school was wrestling, I was training there for a while as well. He did some work with people that wanted to be referees and stuff like you know. And I was even at one stage like because of like sometimes I get like neck and hip issues like uh, I was even considering turning over to being a referee like you know yeah I'd probably be a bit bigger than a lot of them in there so it wouldn't really look right you know what I mean yeah yeah I think so, if yeah. I think if you did go and be a ref I think um you'd have to sell the ref shorts then as well because they they'd be over obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Footlocker. I'll just rob Footlocker, like, you know. <laughs> um, so looking at um at your training then, so you're up and coming, um, you're in training. So who who would you say were your biggest influences then? In terms of wrestling worldwide, like uh, was The Rock, The Rock, mm-hmm. Stone Cold, Triple H. They were the they were the top three like that I was looking at. Like I said, when I was a kid and even a young teen, wrestling didn't exist outside of the WWE. Yeah. So, um, so them three were the, the be all end all of everything, you know. Like I rather the characters rather than the, the talent. Like you know, if you look back then, like even poor Angle was back there. He he out wrestled them all day long. But I preferred the character end of things. Not that Court wasn't a um, good character, but I just thought the other three were the best at it. Yeah. You know, so they were definitely the. Uh, inspirations for that and obviously you like your weightlifting and your bodybuilding yeah um i see that you're really big into it now i know nothing about it i've okay. seen it rarely i think your instagram account and your twitter account is probably the most exposure i think i've had to it um, <laughs> okay. if i'm being perfectly honest i try um, not to put too much on twitter with that I, I try to keep twitter strictly for wrestling but the odd time mm-hmm. i will put something put something up you know would you have influences from that then as well? Will anyone inspire you from that side of things? Yeah, like uh, in terms of training for the gym, because you've got to look right. It's very important for me. Um, that's probably uh, some advice I would also give. If you want to be a wrestler, you need to look like a wrestler. I'm not saying you have to be jacked up, but mm-hmm. you need to look. You need to look the part. So in terms of training and stuff, yeah, like uh, I'm big into bodybuilding, so Phil Heat would be my biggest uh, my my favorite bodybuilder. He's a seven time Mister Olympia. To put that into perspective, he has the same amount of Mister Olympias as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, so uh, for people that's, who don't know, yeah. that's so I, that I is, know I know the name, but I didn't know that he was um, that he had the same as Arnie. Yeah, same, like Arnie would yeah. be the only one that I'd kind of know over. And now I do know a few spotted names, but yeah, of course. And Arnie, like Arnie, didn't get seven in a row. Phil, he won seven in a row. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, and he's still not retired, so he could outdo Arnold. He could do outdo Arnold. Hopefully, he will anyway. So it's safe so, to uh, say that you're you're a big Phil Heath, Mark. 
Oh yeah, big, big. Yeah. Not Mark fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I probably am a Mark from him. To be honest, I've met him a few times as well, which yeah. is cool. And like, he's liked a lot of the stuff I've put on Instagram and Twitter and stuff as well. So that's cool. Like when someone that you look up to like that and someone that inspires you and motivates you is interacting with you, you know. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that like you looked up to the likes of and your influences were like The Rock. Stone Cold yeah. Triple H, I think you said as well, was it? Yeah, Triple H. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely one of my all-time favorites. I think he's he doesn't get the recognition that he that he probably deserves, deserves. because of who he yeah. is and who he's married to and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm probably after losing a lot of viewers there for saying that as well. But like, I don't care. Like, he's he's phenomenal. Like, but um, yeah. obviously being an OTT, then they attract some of the biggest stars around the world as well. Um, obviously yeah. not the WWE stars. They obviously have particular types yeah. of contract that doesn't allow them nxt nxt uk people that were aw new japan and some old wwe wrestlers and wcw wrestlers as well so yeah. i'm presuming that you've met a lot of them yeah yeah meet them all backstage yeah. yeah so have you ever been starstruck no i wouldn't get starstruck i there's very very few that would get me like that like, like if i met the rocket like, shit <laughs> you know but now i'm sounding like a big rock mark am i but I am, so it's cool. Who, who isn't? Uh, yeah, who isn't, exactly. But um, no, I, I've never been starstruck. Like, even, like, I met Mick Foley, like, and like, shaking hands with him, and it's pretty cool, like, you know, it's yeah. himself and Kenny Omega, and no, I wouldn't say I've ever get a, ever got starstruck. X-Pac was another as well. He was he was funny dude. He was a funny dude. So uh, I could only imagine. I'd say there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of stories that he wouldn't be allowed to tell on a type of podcast like this. Yeah. Um, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Would you have asked any of them any advice? Now, I did ask Callum this as well, and he says it's not really the type of place to kind of ask or no. the environment that you just kind it's of not, like. Because they, they always get in a bit late, you know. I wouldn't say late, but in terms of how long we're there, they're late. So they, they yeah. got to go and do the meet and greet, and they got to sign some, uh, uh, sell some merch, and sign some autographs, get some pictures and stuff. So. You don't really want to be um you don't really want to be annoying them you know yeah. when fergal when fergal um finn Balor was over for ott that time the big surprise like mm-hmm. you obviously what weren't there but i wasn't there but i saw it everywhere on social media and then yeah. it was one of the things that that actually kicked me to start going to shows then as well when i did see definitely. that that was definite and no one knew like there was this big countdown from 20 minutes down and it was red and black and white and a bit of a heartbeat going on, and no one had a clue. No yeah. one, like, it was unbelievable. Like, it was what a pop, like, for, for him. But when he was over, you're on a bit with voice there. Like, I, I asked him a bit of advice and that, and he just said, uh, just walk everywhere. Fergal was always someone who wouldn't get involved in politics and that. He'd always say, walk everywhere you can, everywhere, yeah. train everywhere you can, get as much, just keep walking. Even if these shows are attracting three, four people, it doesn't matter. Get that experience and that. That was something that made me do a lot of the wrestling.ie shows, you know, like a lot yeah. of people weren't doing them because they were very hokey and stuff. Like, and the promoter would have you dressing up as a dog or a Chinese warrior and stuff, or like some mad stuff, like a duck, you'd be in a duck suit and stuff. Like, but no, I never did that one. <laughs> but, uh, but I think it was, I think it was an Indian at one stage and a, and a Japanese warrior and a sexy boy dressed up in pink, fluffy stuff. and you know, but like I didn't mind that because like the experience you got with crowd interaction and just seeing what works and what doesn't work is was huge. So 
like when Fergal said that, he obviously knows what he's talking about. So you're gonna listen to someone like him, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would that would you class that as probably the the next question that I actually have here is the best advice you've ever received from somebody that kind of spurred you on to kind of to yeah. set you on your on your tracks or where you kind of are now, like something that you'll always kind of think back on. Yeah, no, that would be like it, it kind of goes um, with what I was saying earlier is that what you put in, you will get out. So the more you're working, the the more exposure you're getting, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's gonna work for you. You know, you don't, you're not owed anything. No one can do the work for you. You gotta, you gotta, gotta get up and do it yourself, like you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one can drag your ass to training and shows and stuff. But like that would definitely be up there with the best advice, like off the top of my head. Anyway, there's probably yeah. other stuff, but off the yeah. top of my head, that would be up there. So, at the moment, are you working for any other promotions um, outside of OTT and working, the school shows? I was working for Phoenix in Cork and Limerick for a while with rough stuff, myself and Paul. And Paul just kind of got out of wrestling. He did a lot going on in his life. Um, I, I kind of just didn't want to be going down there like because we kind of were building this like rough stuff thing. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of just stopped happening then, you know. I think we turned down one booking that we couldn't do for whatever reason it was, whether it was myself or Paul. And then I wrestled once on my own. I ended up tagging with Alexander Dean and then we wrestled with rough stuff a few times and then there was another time that we couldn't go down and then we were in task back. But we we, we um had a message then from Billy Bell- Bedlam then saying that he wanted to bring us back down. This was before it was sold. I don't know what the deal with that is. I don't know if they're still yeah. involved or not. But, but he said, listen, there's always a spot there for you. But Paul hasn't wrestled in a long time, you know. So I was just like, oh, well, I'd rather do it with Russell. So I'll wait for Paul. You know? Yeah, well, hopefully we see Paul back. I've never met him. I've never heard a bad word about him. Ah, he's um, a funny ass dude, man. He's 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 a good cat, like you know, like yeah. considering we didn't we didn't know each other, we didn't know each other before wrestling. He he joined one month exactly one month before me. Now we legit don't go a day without talking to each other. Like it's mad. And if you if you're ever in a car journey with us, we're like husband and wife because we kill each other. We kill each other. <laughs> gas but uh, yeah no no he's, he's a good dude and he's, he's very funny like which is why I push him to come back and not be that generic wrestler that he was that I was rough stuff was your generic I don't know why for so long I just wanted to stay as that generic mostly looking mean angry wrestler and I don't know why because the two of us had so much more charisma to give than that what that character yeah. allowed do you so think I it was the heel aspect that was holding you into that? Yeah, like, you know, but we still could have did some funny skits and stuff as heels, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took ourselves too seriously, I think. And uh, now we don't take this character seriously at all. And it's just like, it just works, you know. But he has, like, he has probably more charisma than I do, if not to say, like, around the same. Like, you know, he's probably more, like, he, he's very witty guy. If you ever follow him on Instagram, you'll see all the match shit he puts up and, he, uh, so yeah, it'd be great to see him back, but he needs to come back and train just to get that because he, he has asthma, so he needs to get that cardio, you know. Uh, Hopefully, he's keeping himself locked up at the moment as well. Um, if he does yeah, have asthma, but... he is. He is. Yeah. He, he's on that vulnerable uh, list, I think. So 
he's he's well though. He is well. So. Yeah, I'd say I'd say he'd be um, welcomed back with open arms as well, especially by us fans. Um, yeah. a lot of, as I, I said, I... I've never met him, um, but I've heard a lot about him, and he's he's well liked in the community. That's good to hear, man. And uh, like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I don't want rough stuff to come back. Like you know, not yet anyway. But yeah. I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing, and I would mm-hmm. love to see him expand his wings, so to say, and uh, and and get up there himself and get over on his own, and then maybe either we always said that we'd like your last ever matches to be against each other, you know what I mean? So because yeah. we'd kick lumps out of each other, man. <laughs> so uh, so I look forward to that if that can ever happen. So. And obviously, yeah. to be no to be no better stage to do with an OTT. But like I said, when this is back, I need to stay on shows. He would need to get back training to therefore get on shows and come up with a character that would, Joe Joe would be interested in. Well, there, I Joe Cabray. Hopefully, he's listening and is taking notes. And Paul as well. Hopefully, getting himself fit and ready. Like because I, I to be honest, that's a match that we'd all love to see as well. Um, hopefully. Hopefully it Especially if he's like gonna go in and just kill each other as well. Like you can't, yeah. can't be a good, like not, a good listen, I'm, not, I'm not gonna try any moon salts around, I'm just gonna bash his jaw in and he's gonna do it to me. <laughs> you know? Do you have any other hobbies apart from um, apart from the bodybuilding? I play guitar and I play a bit of keyboard. Um I've played golf in the past. I've won everything you can possibly win in a golf society mm-hmm. at this level, like and then I stopped playing a few winters ago. It was just too cold as like, oh shit, I'll be a summer golfer and I just I just never got back into it, you know. But yeah. other than that, like yeah, uh, like movies, obviously just spending time with the family and stuff like that, you know, is obviously good. So you're you're married. You got married last year. Yeah. I got married in October there. Yeah, it was cool. I was supposed to get married the March before. Well, we had a few losses in the family and stuff, the wife's family and that, so we, we decided to push it back, like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to give them a bit more grieving time and stuff. Not that there's a time on grieving, but, I mean, it was it was best to just put it back. But that's a bit of a downer, so let's... Yeah, let's no, I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's cool, man. But, uh, yeah, so we got married in October of... The 18th of October last year. Yeah, so a bit of a funny story to that as well, because, from my end, because it was... Did you get married on the Friday? Oh, the Friday. Are you going to yeah. say that you, you were expecting me on the show on the Sunday? I was, I was in the Spiegel tent on, was it the Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the Sunday. My first ever OTT poster, and I didn't yeah. show up. Yeah. Which, um, from my perspective, now I have a holiday home in Wexford, so um, I, oh, didn't, okay. I didn't have to travel for it. Um, I was literally 20 minutes down the road, and that just happened to be on. But now I probably would have went down for it regardless. I went up to yeah, the show... Cool. And had a had a little chat with Joe and I asked, Is Carl on the show? He said, No, we got married the other day and I said, Yeah, I know, but he was on the poster, so I didn't know that if you were yeah, the poster was out before Joe knew. Like Joe knew I was getting married, like OTT, it's a lot going on. So mm-hmm. it probably wasn't so I remember seeing the poster. I was like, Oh, okay. And I was going to do it and all, but the more I thought about it, it, it just uh, there was a lot of like it was a not a two-day wedding, but a lot of the family were staying down, so I couldn't really have them. It was a very expensive hotel. Yeah, we couldn't. Ha- I couldn't have them stay there, and for me to just fuck off, like you know what I mean. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't fair for. Them, I was actually so. expecting the whole Flexer clan to show up 
because knowing your work ethic, I was kind of like, he's probably going to get married on the Friday and rock up on the Sunday. Yeah, no, I was going to bring my, my wrestling gear and all to the hotel and stuff, but because Sammy, Sammy was one of my groomsmen, and mm-hmm. I think he made a vent at that against Jordan Devlin. So he went, like he stayed the Friday night at the wedding, he stayed the Saturday night, and then went straight to, to Wexford then. And he did it, and I was going to do it, but, but yeah, again, like I could have easily physically been there, but yeah. just it wouldn't have been fair on the family that are yeah. paying, paying through the roof for these prices that, and then the groom just heads off then, you know? Yeah. Um, so what, what does your wife think of your wrestling? Yeah, she's, she's been to a few shows now, not in a long time. She used to come to the early days, the Fight Factory shows and stuff, you know. Well, yeah, she's fully supportive of it, like, you know what I mean? She's, she's been supportive of it. Like, I'm someone, when the gyms are open, I'm someone who goes to the gym six, seven days a week, you know. Like, never once, not on Mother's Days, not on her birthday, not on Stephen's Day, New Year's Day. Never has she ever said, like, oh, can you give it a miss? Like, you know, so she's yeah. very supportive of that in terms of wrestling as well like you know like I flew to England a couple of times to wrestle over there so full weekends after work on Monday to Friday and like she'd just be like yeah enjoy have a, have a good one you know I think she's glad to get rid of me sometimes my missus but that they say behind every good man you said that she went to a few shows early days what was what would her reactions be would she be would she be nervous no she understands she understands what like she understands you can get hurt because I've got hurt mm-hmm. in plenty of matches. No, I, I mean maybe she will be a bit nervous, but not not too much. Like you know, yeah. Like my son, my, my son has never wrestled, uh, seen me wrestling. He had like he had to get grommets in his ears years ago, so he, he couldn't be in any like loud environments and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so he has never seen me wrestle yet. He's kind of only getting over that that like in the last year or something but he still is a bit apprehensive of going to shows that would have like that many people in it you know absolutely that brings me to my next question i was just about to ask you do you have any kids and you have a son and i believe you have another on the way yeah so i have a six-year-old son that is obsessed with wrestling his name is koi and he uh, and he has a little brother on the way now as well that we just found out about the other day. Like we knew we knew we were expecting a kid, but we found out it was a boy on Thursday. So congratulations! Yeah, thanks, man. Delighted. Yeah, a little tag team in the way. I'll be their manager. <laughs> or something, you know, rough stuff. Two point now. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> Koi, Koi is obsessed. Obsessed. Well, rough stuff. Two point will probably be Koi and Paul's little kid. Kate. <laughs> oh no, I'm delighted over the mill. I would have been happy either way, but I'm delighted as a boy, you know. Sorry, what age did you say Kai was? Six. He's six. six now. So six he, he obviously knows that you, you wrestle as well. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, has, he, has, he, has, he hasn't been to a show, but has he, has he watched your shows? Has he watched the on-demand? Right? He's, he watches them online, you know, and he yeah. watches, uh, he always likes the worst ones, you know. <laughs> one of, yeah. Like, there was one match that we had that was a stinker. It was against the Kings of the North. It was actually Rough Stuff's debut. He loved, he loves watching that. But that's like one of my worst matches to ever watch. Not not because it's the Kings round, of course. It mm-hmm. just didn't go to plan on the day. It was it was horrendous. There was a bump in there that I was really worried about. Um as I said, like I, I only started watching um last year, but doing a bit of research for this, I went back and I had a look at a few clips and skimmed a few matches. And that was yeah. one that I actually watched and Paul had a bit of a rough bump. Uh, dive yeah, to the other side, yeah, um, and the hit the chair, yeah. Um, his head cut the chair, yeah. And uh, he, that was uh, he was fine after that, 
yeah, he screwed his neck up another time in the Tivoli Theatre against Club Tropicana. He he really fucked his neck up with that one. Uh, again, it was no one's fault. It was just the way he took a DDT. So, mm. yeah, it was fine. Yeah, but yeah, just to go back to what, like, my son watches all the shows, you know, and he'd be like, oh, yeah. play that again, play it again, you know? Like, he has, like, two figures that, uh, if you know uh, Duncan Dessardly from yeah. uh, The Kings of the North, he's, mm. made, he's made two figures of myself for my son, you know, <laughs> one with the orange trunks and one in the black wolf stuff gear. So, he right. loves, like, yeah, he loves them, you know. And is he itching to get to get to watch it? No, that's the thing. Like I've offered them there. I wrestled for NLW. That, sorry, that's another promotion I wrestled for. I forgot about that earlier. Um, sorry, that's a pretty good promotion as well. I was, yeah. I was at, yeah, I was I at that. there for. I was at one of their shows there recently. The last one out on Nice and yeah, it was a really good show. The, the Mo Theater is one of my favorite venues to wrestle in. Without doubt, um, it doesn't hold a lot. I think it holds about two fifty, three at the max. But yeah, it's a. Uh, but it's enough, like, yeah. and uh, it's one of my favourite venues. Like, that's where I won my first ever piece of gold, the Irish tag belts with rough stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, he uh, he's not really it, and I offered him to go, but again, I think he's still a bit apprehensive, and especially because I, I was the heel, and I had to explain to him that I can't come out, son, and, like, you're there trying to get high fives yeah. on me. I can't, like, you know, I have to stay true to the character, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. So he, he was like, oh, well, I'll wait until they're the good guy. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, maybe the next contender is that one. Like, you're, you're kind of a face now. Yeah. But you're, I think so. <laughs> but you're back with the Wow Queens, or, well, with Debbie in any way. Yeah. We've, we've gotten a response from Valkyrie, yeah, have we? So are you technically a heel again, or are you all faces, or... No, no, no. It's, I, it's I, a very I, strange dynamic I, that's going on. I could sit on that fence. I have a nice little cushy pillow on that fence there that I sit on. <laughs> and I can get away with some heel stuff, but I like being liked, you know? Yeah. I like the crowd to like me, so I'm always going to give them a wink or uh, give them something to, to cheer. Yeah. And then I'll be like, to the girls, I'll be like, I'm sorry, girls, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, which, which is easier? Oh. Well, like, it's easy to be your everyday heel, you know? It's easy to go out there and get a boo. Mm-hmm. Just put the hand out to it. Some little kid, you go shake your hand and you rub your, rub your hand through your hair. Yeah. That's, that's easy to get bills and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I would say heel would be easier. But then when things are going well for you, like, I don't have to come round the court and now and be like, come on, because I hate saying that. That's something yeah. that should be illegal. It should be illegal. It should be allowed to say, come on. <laughs> you know? They will come on if they like you, you know? Yeah. So when things are going well with being a face, it is not easy, but it's 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 good. But it's probably easier to be a heel. It's hard to be a unique heel, though, you know? You don't want to just go out there with your eyebrows down and, like, growling at the crowd, like, you know? Give, yeah. give them a proper reason to really hate you, mm-hmm. to really, like, you know? I think I think the best the best wrestlers out there, um, in my opinion, are the ones yeah. who can turn it like that. Yeah. Like in my opinion, um, Triple H, Chris Jericho are probably two of the best in the world at doing it. Probably Chris Jericho I'd actually have up there as number one and able to just he can just turn 
on on a two ten coin like he's you know, I don't know Big Show Big Show has had about 30, 30 heels <laughs> you know I know but yeah no I agree with you I'm only kidding on that one it's uh, yeah Chris Jarrett was very good at that like Kevin Owens too he, he's I think he's did it a few times with the yeah. whole Chris Jericho thing mm-hmm. as well so so yeah it's not easy to do like it, it isn't easy yeah, well, um, I, I'm liking um, Babyface Flexer at the minute. Um, yeah, and it'd be a shame to have to go to shows and boo you because I do like you. But, um, yeah, yeah. Like, if you start being a dick again, I'm going to have to. <laughs> Man, I'm always a dick. <laughs> so, in in the wrestling scene, or more out, it's more outside the ring, but in wrestling. So, um, obviously, you said, Paul, you don't go a day without talking to him. Would you class him your best friend in wrestling? In wrestling? Him and Sammy would be my best best mates, like without a doubt. And would just have would that be a small Nick group or like like, like obviously really. they're they're your bet they're your they'd be your best friends in wrestling, but like yeah, th- this is something that I've spoke to a few people about and that you see as well that the dynamic in the school, the lads that are in the school at the shows, yeah, everyone is just so tight. Everyone is is so nice to each other. There's no you don't ever see any kind of bitterness or remorse, and everyone no. digs in. That um, does happen, but that's like that. It, it, it's a front for a lot, and I don't want to like tear it down because like it is very positive what you're saying mm-hmm. here. There is a bit of backstabbing in wrestling in every every aspect. Of course, yeah. But, but honestly, uh, OTT uh, has helped to bring a lot together a lot of people together and if I show up at a show there's nobody that could be there that I'd be like oh Jesus you know there's there's no one that I actually dislike there'd be no one there that, that I would be like oh go away like you know yeah as as we say that there usually is always one but it's nice to, had, to don't get me again. wrong don't don't get me wrong I've had my my fair share of run-ins with, with some people like even last year I did I, I won't name anyone that had yeah. a run-in but we ended up squashing it at the next show. Mm-hmm. Even even him, if he's there, my old boy wouldn't say hello. And to be no animosity there, not on my end anyway. I just yeah. life's, life's too short for that crap, and I'm too exactly too old for that. Like you know, so yeah. um, so there's no one that I particularly dislike in Irish wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you you walk into a show. Is it sorry, just from my point of view, from us fans, is that you walk in, you shake everybody's hand? Yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta shake hands, man. That's it's a big thing in wrestling. Yeah, uh, a lot of the people want to keep it, and a lot of people wanted to go, and particularly now. Yeah, you know, we put a poll up there um, on Twitter last week or the week before, and I said, I, I don't know what way I said about the the ever so loved wrestling handshake. Uh, ever so important wrestling handshake uh, is it gone forever? Like, and the poll, I think there was like, I don't know, over a hundred votes anyway and uh they they voted yes that it is gone like the majority did anyway i think i think that could be be a scare thing as well based on the the climate that we're in at the moment but don't get me wrong i think i actually did vote on that poll and i think i did vote yes it probably is gone but i think the whole point of it is the whole point of the rest and handshake is it's a respecting um and it's to go in and say hello and be respectful to everyone else who's there yeah, but if you go into it, if you go into the stadium on a stadium show day, and like there could be well over a hundred people there, like you know. Mm-hmm. So if you come in any 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 way late, 
it's hard if you're kind of rushing around and then that respecting doesn't really turn into a respecting because it's only a quick handshake which is more disrespectful I think than, than not doing it in the first place not that I ever thought about that that's the first time I ever thought about that but like it's yeah it's just it's sometimes it's sometimes it can be a burden but of course like I will go out of my way to try and shake everyone's hand you yeah. know I think I think David Starr said recently when this virus was at its initial phases I think back in February maybe the start of March before it really kicked into gear he was asked about handshakes and was he going to continue the handshake and he said that he shakes hands with everybody who walks up to him to buy a piece of gear and he says it's a it's kind of a respect thing just to to greet them as they're coming up to say hello to him and he brings his his hand sanitizer or his um his antibacterial stuff with him to okay. use and he, he says that that's a necessity that he brings everywhere with him and I, I don't know if his opinion has changed coming out of this but that, that was his opinion at the start of it is that it, it should be kept it's kind of hard to get rid of it it's, it's just an instinct thing now where what do you do you just walk up and stand apart and the, the, the fans want that interaction even if yeah. it's a little arm around the shoulder or it's a, like even touching shoulders or you know, like Martina gets Roy up there, riding <laughs> on some fans and stuff. You know, the the fans want that. And that's what they're paying for. They're not paying to stand two meters away. So it is. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how it goes. And and the handshake is like a little icebreaker, and it makes the the fans feel more at ease. Even helps the wrestler be like, right, that's the initial meet and greet done, mm. and then we get on to our pictures or whatever. You know. Yeah, it absolutely does. From my perspective, it does kind of put you at ease a bit, just as a forced hello and yeah. a smile and a handshake to kind of break the ice. Does go a long way. Like if um, OTT bring John Moxley back over and you meet him and you go over and you try shake his hand and he's like, "Oh no, no!" Like you're gonna understand why he doesn't want to shake yeah. hands, but there's still always going to be that little bit of a, oh, for sake, like you know, yeah. there's, there is going to be no matter what. That's the way it is, but. We're gonna to have to respect people's decisions with of that course. as well. Yeah. If someone's like, "Nah, listen, I'm sorry, I, I don't do that anymore because it is like you know," mm-hmm. but then he's gonna get in and like bear hug another man with sweating <laughs> out of every part of his body for twenty minutes, you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that remains to be seen. It will be interesting. Um, I think you say to anybody now go to wrestling shows without handshakes I think anyone bite the, bite the hand off you as well because uh, everyone's just itching to get back at this stage yeah, they do exactly. anything but yeah it'll be interesting to see but listen let's let's take a look at your your OTT career and I will just have I have your matches up here um, okay. who, who you've kind of fought so you, you started out um, your first match in OTT I believe was Martinez Gaff Party yeah you Buddy bro you very rudely interrupted Foxy's birthday celebrations. So you were with you were with um, Adam Maxted and Brian Abs. Yeah. Um, were you working with them before this? No, I didn't even know them to be honest. Joe just messaged them was like, "Listen, I have an idea for you. Are you still wrestling?" And I was like, "Yeah, what have you got for me?" You know. So I went and I, the lads came down from north, the north met at main stage, and we just had a chat and. That was shocking. Like I'm glad it happened. Great experience, but it was shocking. Like if you look back, like Jesus, I'm wearing these baggy tights and they have flames on them, and uh, the lads are not matching. And then, then a bit later on, they started to match gear, and I still didn't. I was just, oh, I don't know. 
because I was out of wrestling a while then I kind of said I'd take a break from it when my my first son was born and I just never got back in and then when Joe messaged me I was like oh, I'm not going to turn it down because I was at one of the other shows as a fan so I was like this is taking off I'm not going to turn this down so I didn't have a chance to really order gear and back then like it took about eight weeks to 12 weeks to get new gear made you know so people were probably like this lazy shit isn't getting any new gear you know he's still carrying them flames around but it, it was just that i was waiting on new gear to be made were you would you say that you were more experienced than the other two? Oh yeah oh well i don't know because brian was around the world as well it's hard to say actually but in oh, terms well, of well how, how about if if i was to ask you what about did you learn anything from the two lads did you take, would you say that you took anything away from, from that run with the body bros? No, uh, not from the run. Uh, from the run, yes, because the shows, we thought we were wrong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that I learned. Back then, I don't think I learned anything from the lads, no. Yeah. Maybe now, maybe now I've, I've spoken to Flex a few times and working with him recently in Belfast in a tag match. Um, possibly took a few things from that, but not back then, no. I think that was a good throwback as well, that, that Belfast match. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It was actually, uh, considering maybe like, the bus was late, so we turned up and I had 10 minutes. Yeah, we had 10 minutes to get changed, do the promo that we did, the guitar promo, where Flex also sang mm-hmm. and planned the match, 10 minutes. So considering we had 10 minutes to do all of that, that match went really well. So I'm just looking at the, the types of people who you wrestled as well. Um, so you've had a very short run. There's, I think you've had, what, five matches as a trio and one match just you and Brian. But there's some, there's some good names in there that just, that just faced off against. Um, B. Kill, Justy and Sammy. I yeah. think they were, they were going by the gymnastics back then, really. The gym, gymnasties, yeah. The gymnasties. And then Angel Cruz and Nikki. I think those five names that I've that I've named are like well up there in my estimation yeah. as well. Like so, we, we the, the lad from the flats, twice, yeah, Martin and Walkie as well. Yeah, it was actually yeah we're Paddy. The, the that was actually the last match by the three of us, and Angel Cruz and Tyler Bate was in there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I think you were on the the losing end every time. Oh yeah, oh, we lost every yeah. every every match. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, but we didn't care. Like we were, we were serving our purpose. We knew we were coming in as a, a a powerhouse trio. Like you know what I mean. We were waiting on that first win, and it was it was coming. And then Adam went onto the oil and then came back and kind of pushed for a singles career. And then it kind of just didn't didn't escalate anymore. Then, but like we got some serious heat. There was good potential there to to turn us into to like a good heel trio. You know, because mm-hmm. everyone legit hated us. Like. It wasn't just wrestling. All we're supposed to do is they actually hated us. So one of the fans gave out on knowing I'm big on staying in character, especially when you're in the same building that you just have to be in the ring. And one of the one of the fans came over and he got a picture with the two lads. He asked me, I says, No, you can't picture me. You're not good enough for picture of me. Like, you know, and I was just being my character, yeah. you know, and he went on and wrote a big review on the Irish Wrestling Forum and stuff and he never named me, but he said one of the body brothers, like, and that was me. And I'm, yeah. I'm proud to say that was me because I was uh, staying true to who I was portraying in the ring. You know, he should have yeah. expected to say Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been on the end of that treatment. Even, in, as I said, in the last year or so, like, I've been on the end of that. Most recently, Damien Corvin up in Belfast. 
gave me that treatment. Um, he was fighting Star in the main event. I went up to have a chat with Star. I walked past him. I said, best of luck. And he read me the right act. <laughs> yeah, wearing a, I was wearing my independent short and he actually read me the right act and made me look like an absolute tick. But I went back to me see my missus was there as well. Um, no, she wasn't up there with me, but I like, was uh, Carmen's just have to chill me out, like. But I, I loved it. That's a good thing, man. It is, like, yeah. you know, you, like you shouldn't break character. Maybe you've seen him the next day in a shopping center or something, and you went over to say hello that you're a fan and stuff. Yeah. Like fair enough, but like you're in the same building that you just stay, stay who who you portrayed to the fans in the ring. There's no good saying you suck in the crowd and fuck yous and shit like that and then here can I have a picture of course mate yeah how are you how are you keeping that yeah. doesn't make sense to me you know mm-hmm. so after you finished up with the body bros that was your last match there was December 2016 we didn't see it again in OTT until May 2018 yeah um so you were obviously, I presume that you were working through all that, just with, with different promotions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mainly um, I was working for Pro Evolution in England a few times. I think I was over there four times, two on my own and two with Paul. Or one on my own and three with Paul, maybe. Something along them lines. And then I worked, um, I worked for CCW down in Cork for the whole time. Did you have so, any bad experiences down there? Oh, I know. So many, so many people do. But yeah, no, I, I, there was a few horror stories. Um, yeah. There yeah. is so many people, man. But like I said, I'm not getting sucked into that shit. Like, and mm-hmm. Lee Cahillan never. Initially, when he brought us down, he screwed us over with payment, and we had this big argument and shit. And me and Paul went for him and stuff like that. And we ended up sorting it out. And then there was another stint there when we didn't go down, and then he brought us back. And then it was nothing but good experience. Like, um, I'm not going to lie, I did see him speaking down to a few people down there in ways that he should have, uh, shouldn't have. Sorry, but me personally, he's not been nothing but nice to me. Uh, we were undefeated down there, like, you know what I mean? So he put the he put the straps on us, and and then it went downhill after that. Then for the company, and then when Phoenix came around, he was still going to. He was still going to run, and I, I spoke to both parties. I said to CCW and to Phoenix, listen, I'm going to work for both. Mm-hmm. And have you got an issue? And none of them had an issue with it. And then it kind of went away. And then Lee then said, oh, well, I might actually still run it. And this was a while then after working for Phoenix and that. And I was just like, nah, no, man, it's I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, it was a good experience. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not getting into these uh, Friday night wars. <laughs> left it at that then you know but no I didn't have bad experiences apart from the very first time like I said which was years before so then coming into May then how does that come about then that you and Paul end up coming back as a team how was that facilitated so Paul was up then training quite a bit then and uh, in main stage with myself and obviously the, the rest of the crew so Joe was just like yeah I think we're going to give you the shot there and uh, put you in with the Kings, like which we were delighted for, because we wanted that match match for a long time. It wasn't our fault, it wasn't their fault, but the the time and issue with that match, with planning it, was shy. The lads would agree with that. All three of them would agree. We had to finish the match earlier, a lot earlier than we thought for some reason. We don't know. We just misjudged the timing of it, and uh, kind of looked like a squash match. To be honest, I was I've never been happy with that. Like ho- hopefully. I mean, I don't know. It's not something that like I dream about, but like 
if Paul gets back training, I know he continue to train and we get back eventually, it would be good to get that match just to uh, another run, another run at it, you know. Rid the demons of the, the force one. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just bad timing altogether as well because I mean the Kings were lo- they lost a few times and then they had the stadium match the night before and if they lost to Aussie Open, they were done for good. So they just be Aussie Open. They're hardly gonna go and lose a match the following day. So the timing not only of the match but of the actual event was uh, wasn't wasn't ideal for us like Obviously, you you see it as a as a bad match, and um, me looking from the outside, you don't see that. Like, really? Yeah, it was it was a quick match. Um, I understand that if you had stuff planned that just didn't get in and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah, that's yeah. that's stuff that you know about that. But from a fan perspective, you like I didn't know what you had planned. I didn't know that that it finished yeah. earlier than it than it should have. Like it looks it looks fine. The wrestling match is a story, Colin. You know and. Basically, if you're reading a book and you just rip the last few pages out, yeah. except for the very last page. So you yeah. rip, if there's 10 pages, you rip page 9, 8, and 7 out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're going to be like, well, that finished a bit prematurely. Like, you know, there was none of the stuff that was going to make us look like new, a new force to be reckoned with in OTT. Yeah. You know? Do you feel that you got that then in, in your preceding matches then after that? I don't think so, no. It's, oh, man, like we had a, our follow match then was against the Armstrongs. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had five matches against the Armstrongs. We've beat them four times and they beat us once. They beat us once, once because uh, one of them was very close with one of the bookers, <laughs> or was one of the bookers. I'm only kidding. I, I, I really like the lads and I really enjoyed working them. But we've worked them five times mm-hmm. and the OTT one was the worst, in my opinion. So again, we fucked it up that day. I think I was happy with my personal, individual performance in that match, and one of the Armstrongs was happy with their performance. The other two, obviously, the one on my end is obviously part of it. It's not me. He yeah. wasn't happy, and neither was the guy that he probably worked with the most in that match. Neither they yeah. were really not happy, and uh, wasn't great. Like you know, but then the following match after that was uh, my favourite match of. All time, maybe, which is probably, oh, which is, sorry, uh, rough stuff against Paddy and Martina at WrestleRama too. Mm-hmm. Even though it's only eight minutes, bell to bell, that's like seven minutes and 50 seconds or something. <laughs> it's still my favorite experience in wrestling to date, I think. I t- it's it's up there. Like the, the World Queens, some of the stuff with the Tallis Stadium and Zach Gibson Pop and mm-hmm. stuff is up there. But to share that moment with me, one of my best mates, like in the ring, Paddy's. Paddy M's music hits and the ring was moving, shaking just because of the crowd, the atmosphere. And I remember looking at Paul and I was like, man, this is fucking amazing. Honestly, the sound of the fans are hitting my chest, like, and yeah, uh, yeah amazing. And we weren't expecting that match really because we, yeah, the first two matches in OTT weren't the best, so we weren't really expecting that call from Joe, but he gave it to us and appreciate it. Appreciate it very much, like, and it went very well, like. It was actually on Retro TT mm-hmm. uh, recently on the OTT on demand, and uh, Paddy spoke very highly of myself and Paul and that match, which is as an Irish veteran, one of the best, if not the best, Irish wrestler of all time, or at least performers. You know, he's definitely one of the most underrated Irish wrestlers. 
yeah. in my opinion. Like, um, I mean, he, he's not underrated because everyone everyone likes him. Every everyone knows how talented he is. But I get what you mean in terms of because you have Finn Balor and Jordan and all they're all yeah. on a Seamus, they're on a yeah. big pedestal here, you know. So so if Paddy got to show his abilities on that platform, well then people's mind would be blown. His selling is second to none in this country of all time, ever. Yeah. The one thing that I get from watching him as well in the ring is some of the stuff that he's doing, you're looking at it and it's it's not easy by any way, shape or form. But no. he makes it look makes so it look easy. easy. Yeah, like he's so just natural. doing it so exactly so natural to him and yeah. you're looking at it and it's like I can't believe he just did that, but it was so yeah. easy to him. Like even that thing he does, like he was doing that well before Tyler Bate did, you know, with the slingshot off the off the rope when yep. you, you catch the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. He was doing that a long time before Tyler Bate, but geez, I tried that one time and nearly killed myself. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just tried it for the laugh, like, you know, oh man. Everything is effortless from Paddy, you know? And then he throws in his charisma, like he's, there, he's, he's halfway doing a senton bomb or whatever, and he's like, hee hee, and you know, doing the Michael Jackson. I can't do it, that was shit. But yeah, he's charismatic and very talented. Yeah, he's absolutely one, as I said, probably one of the best um, Irish wrestlers around. And I, I think, in my opinion, Paddy was due a big year before this happened. And hopefully he gets back to where he was once yeah. this corona stuff is finished with. Yeah, um, because I think, I think everyone wants to see him and Eddie go again as well. It was a mental match. Yeah, um, was madness. It was good. I watched it from upstairs through one of the windows. Like it was, it was very good. And uh, yeah, I think I think before the match against Rostov, he kind of that little break. He kind of lost his mojo for a while. You know, remember he was on, he was on a stadium match, and he was kind of like a bit. He didn't know whether he was coming or going. And I was like, "Buddy, you're mad! I'd give my left testy to be on this show." Like you know, and he's like, "Man, I know it's just." But I understood that. Then, then a while later, it happened to me. It's literally like an off switch. It's mm-hmm. like literally like an off switch in your brain. You just can't love it anymore. And thankfully, it came back for him and myself. You know. Yeah. For a while, people don't know this, but I was barred for the t- from the Tivoli for a while. Uh, one of the shows I was outside and had a run in with one of the bouncers that was on a power trip, and he barred me. He told Joe that I was barred. So, not that I was going to be on them shows anyway, but it's it. I was like, well, I'm not going to be on them now, so I'm not going to train for them anyway. You know what I mean? So we yeah. stopped training for a while, you know, because it's hard to train for something without purpose. So, I mean, I could have had more activity matches. No one will ever know. But, uh, yeah, I got barred. I only put up today on Twitter as well. Uh, I was like, does anyone, did anyone ever realize that uh, Tivoli backwards spells I love it? That was during the show, was it? That you got barred? Yeah, that was during the show, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't on the show now. I was there. I don't think I was. Either either I wasn't on the show or I was already after performing. He barred me and then let me back in that night and then told Joe that I was barred then again. So he, he had a few run-ins with uh, one of the imports. I won't name them, but they're actually working for WWE now. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He also had a one of a few other wrestlers. He was just on a power trip, really, you know. Okay. Yeah, so again, that's just, I've never been in the Tivoli. It's one of my biggest regrets. Uh, I've seen, I've seen so, the tapes and, yeah. like, 
it looks like it looks like such a hot area. It's so small as well. In, like oh, around around that ring, like I'm I'm going back and watching a couple of videos and I'm seeing people doing dives, and yeah. I I watch oh, every time. Yeah, no room for error. Uh, like the, the atmosphere in that place, uh, one of the one of the biggest pops was Fergal coming out. Another one was uh, Kenny Omega getting um, announced. I actually physically seen some guy pull his own hair out with excitement. Literally had a handful of his own hair from uh, from Kenny Omega. And then there was one time that Mary Scroll was there and no one knew. So they are probably the top three pops. I heard Raven Creed winning the belt is up there as well, but I wasn't there so. I can't speak personally for that. Yeah, some serious atmosphere pops in there. Like, I'm not sure about what you think about this. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about this for a second. Is the KFRC, is it the new home of OTT? Like, uh, possibly um, for the time being, but I don't think it's the permanent one. It could be, but it, it's too big, I think. It's too big mm-hmm. to, do, to do every month, unless... I don't know. Maybe the fans need to start buying season tickets. Well, the thing is with OTT as well. You're you're saying that it's it's too big for every month, but I think the last was it the last three or four shows have actually sold out. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, yeah. So you can see the growth is there now. They're probably not selling out immediately, but I think was it Take Me to Your Lead or the Road to the Fifth Anniversary that sold out really quickly. Yeah, um, well, but you see, yeah, I think it holds. I think it holds about seven. Maybe about seven. I know the Tivoli was five fifty. The Tivoli actually got uh, limited from the Ah Ted show, which was I think our second show. It had about like six eighty in it, and the fire like fire marshals or whatever was like no, nah, no, no more than five fifty. You know. Yeah. So maybe yeah, I think Tally can hold about seven. Well, that's a rough guess, actually. I don't know where I picked that number out. To be honest with you, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Shore Road. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I really like the KFRC venue. I think it has a nice feel to it. And it's actually, I think it's where you got your biggest pop as well. Was that in the yeah. KFRC? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the Zach Gibson um, place. I think I, was and, up, uh, I think I was up on the stage for that. Well, I got a big pop there and then I also got to introduce the other big pop of the night. I'm not saying there was only two, but the newer <laughs> one was bringing uh, Katie Harvey back then as well. Yeah. You know, well, that, so. that, that brings us into to the... the dynamic that you had with the uh, with the girls did do you have any input in the likes of this would would you is this a thing where joe says this is what i want to do this is where i want to go yeah um, well, we can we, uh, we could turn it down like for sure like but th- that's not going to be a smart idea like you know i mean if i was run- if i was running a promotion and i offered someone something to run with like um and he said no, then I probably wouldn't give him my next idea, you know. Yeah. So, but are you, are you always bouncing ideas off him then? The oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. That's what he wants. He wants mm-hmm. to He wants to see some initiative there, you know. So yeah. it wasn't really an idea that he pitched for us. It was just more so a match, which was to uh, myself and Valkyrie against Sugar uh, Dunk, uh, Dunk yeah. and Martina. He pitched that, like, and I was like, yeah. Kill, I'm, I'm easy, and so we went and filmed the force promo where I kind of just jump up on the ring beside them, and I'm there flexing my pecs, and I'm, and the crowd just seemed to like it, you know, the fans. Sorry, not the crowd, online, like uh, the fans seemed to uh, really like it, so it, it just picked up from there. Like even Joe said it himself, like he said, "Carl, I just gave you 
something small to one way and you've you've made it grow like mm-hmm. a lot for yourself you know so and he gave me props for that and like obviously i'll give him props and for and thanks for the opportunity to do so you know mm-hmm. that's pretty cool sorry to answer your question we do yeah. get input and we do we do talk so it's such a strange dynamic then you coming into this match because you and Valkyrie, Valkyrie as the absolute bad bitch of a heel, and I love that character from Valkyrie as well. But you just seem to be the the happy go lucky baby face, just happy to be there and yeah, thinking that happy to be there, yeah, thinking yeah. that the sun shines out of Valkyrie's hole as well at the same time, yeah. of Valkyrie's <laughs> hole at the same time. Um, even though all she wants you to do is go away, it's such a strange dynamic. Which I think feeds very well into the crowd as well. Did, it, does, it gives them it gives them something to pay attention to, you know. It's it's something like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next, and how is he going to get her to tag him in, and mm-hmm. how is you know, like there's so many yeah. dynamics there that the crowd are invested from the get go till that bell rings at the end, you know. And are you feeling that then when you're out there, like you're feeling that crowd feed the good guy from you and the bad heel from yeah, I mean, from Valkyrie, yeah. like? Yeah, because they're always going to feel bad for someone who's getting bullied and especially someone who's getting bullied that doesn't realise they're getting bullied. They're like, come on, open your eyes, man, open your eyes, you know? So, and that's that was always the idea as well, like, get them to pity me, like, without the pity, there was there was no liking and stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you start doing, um, I think it was after that you start doing a lot of stuff online, the trees. I think you st- that's when you start doing the kind of woke reflexor stuff. The woke bloke or the woke prince as well, I think, was another prince one. Prince at first, yeah. Woke um, uh, the woke bloke, I think, has a good ring to it. Um, yeah, woke but bloke you, is better. But you start, you start bringing out um, some very, um, very inventive merch as well. I thought it was very basic, but people just seemed to really. It was it. it was very imaginative. It really was like the WWF thing. Um, when again, Elias is doing the WWE thing, you're yeah. doing the WWF thing. It's people could relate as well. I think because it's on the mainstream, it helped relate a yeah. little bit as well. Of course, but um, yeah. yeah, like if you're saying it's basic, like the fans are are chomping at the bit. It wasn't something that I thought that would be like talked about. So, like I've had so many private messages and tweets at me, like asking about it and stuff. But I, I just thought it'd be something that people would laugh about and then forget about. So it was nice to see that there was a really good reaction from it. I kind of originally wanted it to be something that, I mean, when you can't have something, you want it more, you know. So people were asking me, "Oh, come on, release this," and yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to. Like, you know, it's going to be one of them things you want, but you can't have. Like, I think I actually asked you about this at a show one time about your merch and yeah. when's the merch coming out. And like, I'm up there with one of those fans, like, get it out there, and I'm buying it straight away. And I think that's the answer that you gave me was like, make them wait until they want it so much, and then wait, make them wait a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to release that. And then like, where's all these? Where's all this? Where's all these? Purchases that people promised, you know. I wanted it to be something where people are like, okay, it's finally out and buying it straight away. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, Do you think you're there now? I don't know. Like, you have to be modest as well. Like, yeah, I don't think so. It depends how many I release as well. Like, you know what I mean? I, I probably wouldn't, if um, I have an idea in my head for another t shirt, mm-hmm. so I probably wouldn't release the Vocal Flexor or else the Always Eternally Vocal Flexor t shirt straight away. There's another idea in my head. 
that would probably involve the girls as well that I think people would really buy into. I would probably release that first and see if if there's interest. But again, like I said, like if I'm not on show as well, then people are not going to want to buy. So what I got to do is I got to wait till this shit is over, get back training, get back on shows. Like I said, it's a competitive market, getting on these shows. Um, get back on them and see if the crowd are still buying into CT Flexer. Let's just jump ahead a little bit. The last time we saw you, um, the last time you were in a match was actually in September, but the last time we saw you was at the, was it the Road to Scrappermania show? Yeah, it would have been when, when me and Debbie reunited. Yeah. yeah. It was a real emotional moment. Um, and I think, it sh- I think it's a testament to yourself and Debbie and Valkyrie of how much promotion you do, how much work you do online, on social media. Oh, the girls, uh, in the running up to that, the girls did so much work with the whole bus um, chasing me, trying to find me and stuff, yeah. you know. And, and they came to me and they, uh, and they pitched some ideas of me being involved. But I said, I think it'd be just better if you just keep doing your thing and there's no sign of me. There's no, no, there's not even a text back from me until the show, you know. Yeah. I think that would have been better, like... Um, like there was going to be even a glimpse of me driving the bus past someone they're running after me <laughs> CT you know <laughs> so but, but I thought it was just better to keep it as as it as it turned out like you know yeah there was a bit in that video as well that one where they're scouring Tala looking for you but there's a, a bit in it where Debbie falls into a bush yeah um, and drops an F-bomb and that just had me in absolute hysterics um, uh, a lot of people, I don't, I, I actually don't know. I can't remember if that was on purpose or not. But like Debbie, Debbie is a genius with stuff like that. Like she will make something look like it wasn't supposed to happen. So I don't know whether that was uh, actually whether she legit fell or not. But uh, she's she's a great great actor. So um, yeah. I would say it probably was on purpose, but done so well that it comes across that way. Well, yeah. could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe fair play to her for leaving it in as well if it was on purpose because, like, if that's me, I'm taking that out. You know? It's like me. Oh, yeah. That, that show when I came out to, to, re, to reunite with Debbie, I came out and I started dancing and the floor was soaking and I slipped and fell. Do you remember? Did you see that? I don't remember you falling. No, I fell no. and I got back up and I looked at the, the, the floor and I was like, oh, well, I kept dancing. And all the other wrestlers were like, oh, that was genius doing that, Carl. I was like, man, I didn't do that. So did you fail me, you know? So like, I was like, I'm not taking credit for that, like, because it was, that was a legit fall. I smashed my knee off the ground and all. Like, you have I, to think, uh, I think Macklin may have caught that. No, it's there. Or is it, is the it smoke, in it? The, the smoke in there. Right. And you can really, you can, I think my name is up as well, so you can't really see me hitting the ground around. It's pretty dark and stuff. Okay. So. Uh, but Matthew was a big fan of that. He he texted me saying he was laughing his ass. So, right. So I have a couple of fan questions here as well. Um, okay. So I did reach out to a few people through the OTT fans Facebook page. I'm not sure if you're on it. I see it sometimes because I got invited. I don't follow it because I don't really want to be seeing everything that you're discussing i would mm-hmm. rather just get your initial feedback from the energy is give us in the ring and stuff yep. like that you know there are uh, a couple of lads that are in it that are competing uh there's not many okay. 
Um, but I think it has about 600 in it at this stage. Um, it's a very good community, very positive. Um, it's, Tommy Flynn was the one who set it up. I know Tommy. I know Tommy. Um, yeah. He's a good lad. Um, but that's where I threw this up. And then I also threw it up on Instagram and got a couple off Instagram as well. Okay, um, okay. So I'll just, I'll just fire them out. So Patrick yeah. PW said, um, who came up with the Dublin bus idea? Did you yeah, have any involvement in that? No, the, uh, not with the idea. Now, I, I did shoot ideas back and forth with them, but that was initially all the, all the girls. That was the girls' idea. You weren't driving Except, the bus, were you? No, no, no. We were <laughs> going to get permission. We were going to get permission to shoot them on the buses, but it takes a lot of emails and a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. so we, we didn't. So that was the girls. I can't take any credit for that. Um, that was the girls. Did they, put, did they put Debbie. the bus in because you're a bus driver as well, though? Yeah, you know, because there's some, there's a, there is a good few fans that has been on my buses, like you know, because mm-hmm. I drive a few different routes. So there's a few yeah. fans that like, um, you know, your generic wrestling fan is very awkward and shy, like so they go on and they'll put their head down or something. But some yeah. of them will talk to you, you know. Um, if you ever get on my bus, by the way, just say hello. That's that's no problem. Uh, just say hello. If you don't want to say hello, that's that's fine too. But uh, don't make it any awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but like. Uh, like a lot, most of them, uh, it's definitely the two girls, but most of the ideas came from Debbie. Debbie's mind never stopped running with these ideas, so uh, for props to, to herself. Like, yeah, she's uh, phenomenal, even now as well. She's doing a lot of stuff, yeah, the coffee on, stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, um, if you don't follow Debbie, follow her on Instagram and Twitter. She's amazing, she's like hilarious. She's just having some stitches. Did she take it a, a spoonful of dry coffee there? Yeah, or a bit yeah, of water in it. Oh. That's commitment, man. That's yeah, commitment. absolutely. I couldn't even think about doing it. There may or may not be a new video for myself and Debbie coming soon, so keep an eye out. Oh, there you go, lads. Here, the hair first. There you go. This, um, this won't be out. This, it'll probably be out before this podcast, so... Um, possibly, possibly. Um, so. I might push this up ahead of, ahead of the other one. We I just changed it. This is episode one. This is an episode <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Tommy, Tommy Flynn, who we were just talking about, um, asked, did someone inspire you to do comedy wrestling? No, but Paul has always pushed me to, to kind of show more character than what I used to show. So he would be someone that, like, not inspired me, but he, he pushed me to do so, you know. Uh, I looked, I got a bit of inspiration for the Volpolo character from, uh, if you ever seen the movie Central Intelligence, The Rock and Kevin Hart, yeah. Rock is this big, muscly guy that's like thick, like you know, he's he's stupid. Uh, at least until the last few scenes. Spoiler alert: that that kind of guy. If I just watched thirty seconds of that before I did um, the first ever promo I did, like proper, was just a little clip off my phone for Twitter after me and Valkyrie B, Sugar and Martinez was when I walked into the the change room. I was like, oh, me and Valkyrie were besties and stuff like that kind of. Not inspired me to do comedy wrestling, but it inspired the character. Yeah, that in turn is a comedy comedy wrestler. Do you enjoy the comedy? Yeah, more so, more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to advice that you were asking me earlier, like um, that's one other thing. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. If you deal with doesn't work, it won't. You won't get anywhere. Even if you are a serious character, don't take it too seriously. Just be natural just turn the volume all the way up so adam green then asks um, oh. what, do you know adam green 
yeah. Yeah, so Adam Green asked, um, why are all your mates named Adam more (laughs) jacked than you? Probably because they eat more calories than me. But like, are they are they as lean as me? Is what um, is what I would put back there? You know, are they more jacked? Yeah, they actually are. Adams, Adams, not your. He's not your everyday wrestling fan. Like, okay, he is. He's jacked a bit. So like, like to a normal person in the gym, he's like, he's pretty big. Like, in that, and he's mm-hmm. tall and stuff. You know. So uh, fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Sorry, I'll, I'll be as jacked as you one day. <laughs> so, um, Bobby Iceman on Instagram asks, um, as a natural heel, is it hard to play a baby face when the occasion calls? I think that might be Bobby Callaway that used to wrestle. He actually sent me a big write-up there last week, a four-page write-up he did on me before. It was interesting reading now, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what was that again? Oh, is, yeah, as a natural heel, how how hard is it to play a baby face when the occasion calls? I think we spoke about that a bit earlier, didn't we, Colin? But um, yeah. it is hard because, like I said, you don't want to go out of court and just be like, "Come on, come on!" Like begging for them cheers, you know. You have to give the you have to give the crowd something to relate to, something to cheer, something to look forward to, um, and something to invest in. You know, then things there is very important. So. It is, uh, there is a bit of pressure there to, to perform, but it, it worked out well for me, I think. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully that answers this question. <laughs> um, so Trezor underscore T on Instagram as well asked, um, who's the best worker in Ireland at the moment? Trezor is another friend of mine. The best worker? Oh, so many. Like this, I mean, how do you, <laughs> there's so many different ways you can, like, there's so many different types of performers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's very hard. Uh, Paddy M, B Kill, Seshima, Jordan. Um, I'm forgetting so many there. Like, but I'm just going to throw them out there as yeah. performers. So right? Going on with you on that, there is there's a long, long list of people that could be there. It's hard to say. Like, um, if you... It, a similar question to that would be who's the best ever to come out of Ireland now if you were to ask me that it probably I honestly think for all around it would be Jordan honestly that's uh, it would be between him and Fergal but I think I only tweeted that the other day as well myself Um, I think Jordan is arguably better than Fergal Um, I, I, I would yeah I love the two lads but yeah Probably, I would probably say Jordan would be the best mm-hmm. ever. But in terms of performers right now in Ireland, the most underrated, doesn't get enough credit right now, is Sean Max Arellan. Without a doubt, doesn't get enough credit. Not yeah. even near enough. The chap is yeah. unreal, and he's only given, he's only given you as about 30%. Right? And he gets, he gets a fire under his ass, waiting, you see. Yeah, that guy can go. Sean McKernan asked, has anyone nominated you to do a 5K? Yeah, I've been nominated a few times, and I've did them, but I haven't actually posted them up myself. Like, I haven't nominated anyone myself because I think everyone's been nominated at this stage. But I've did a few. I um I try to do two or three a week, and um, just because I try and wait all week, and yeah, I just I feel a bit more accomplished when I when I get a big sweat on from from my jogs. You know, not to be yeah. disgusting around, but it's it's just it's a good. Releases different sorts of uh, endorphins, you know. So yeah. yeah, I do a few, a few five k's a week. Yeah, it's so the second part of this. Um, 
he asked, can you cartwheel it? I've cartwheeled it once in my sleep, backwards, upside down. Just once, though. Um, so, Colin from right here on the Zoom call asks, um, are you ever going to hit the alarm clock? Am I ever going to hit it? Hopefully, man, hopefully. I need to get that elbow pad off, though. That, it, it's, it's distracting me long enough to get them, get my um, opponent to recover, you see. That's, that's the issue with it. Yeah, I need to believe. I need to believe in it. Like you know, I need. To, I need to just believe I can hit it, and hopefully with the right energy, you know, because it's a it's a move that uh, requires electricity from the room, you know. <laughs> 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 and the pun. But, uh, I, think, yeah. I think I love the. Um, I don't know if you watched the match back, but the match that just had against um, Martin Hype, where you had the two boys down, but they actually went to that wide camera shot as well. The, the old one that yeah. they used to do for the rock they pan yeah. right back as well on you yeah. in the ring um, oh, it was just, it was, it's an amazing move it's very inventive obviously you're taking it you're taking the people's elbow and putting a, a, a flexor spin on it um, yeah. but it's extremely inventive um, and hopefully one day you're going to actually hit it I hope so man hope so for so sure. the last um, the last fan question so okay. Patrick who was already asked a question Tommy Sean, who have all already asked questions. Um, Sean actually asked this and blocked caps and he actually sent it to me four times. Um, asked, when are <laughs> you going to release your merch? Um, okay, now, so, we did already speak about this. Yeah. But the, the, as I said, the lads, they're, they're chomping at the bit here for the it's merch. A, it's a you know, um, like I said, it's a very competitive market. So what I got to do, first of all, is... I got to get back to training. I got to get back on shows. And this idea, I'm going to, for my first show, I'm going to print the new idea. I'm going to wear it out. And if you like it, I will 100% release it then. And then if you still want the walk with flexor or else the always eternally walk with flexor, the AWWF one. Um, yeah, maybe get a poll going which one of them they would prefer or something. Colin, you could do that poll. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, like you can put me down for one of each. I'll revolute you the money whenever you want it. Um, but I'll, I'll absolutely take one of each. And to be honest, okay. as I, as I said to you already, like there's people out there that are that are looking for this. They want to they want to wear your gear as well. And like me as a fan, like I love I love me wrestling t-shirts. I I think yeah. I have about fifty of them. Um, yeah. I'll hopefully be able to show them off through this podcast as it evolves. Like, um, I'll wear it different one each time. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the, the the fans definitely want it. Like, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely will. Like, I think I've been neglecting that part uh, for a while, and I guess it's just like I said, you got to be modest, and I got it. Like, I got lots of t-shirts before, and I did sell a good few of them. I, I think I bought fifty, and I sold like about half of them. But I remember the first show I brought them the CCW. I went after the show went and I was like, Oh, did they sell any? And, and the girl was like, No, no one like no one bought any, you know. Right. I was like, oh, that's that's gonna be shit. It was a kill cool design, it was like half my face, half of Paul's and mm-hmm. you know, some of the wrestlers even so, some of the even the other wrestlers bought it and I even gave it to some of the other wrestlers. And mm-hmm. um, I ended up just I think we still have a few like somewhere. But yeah, that kind of just disheartened me. But again, we were heels and and not half the character that C T Woke is so don't be modest here, but like you're one of the most over faces in OTT at the minute. Um, yeah, I reckon you could yeah. sell a lot. 
Hopefully. Like, you know, and I, I started realising that when I came back through the court from Zach Gibson match and that, and Jordan came over to me, he was like, man, that pop was insane, you know? And even the, the way, the look on his eyes and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was nice to hear from, like, back then he was the locker room leader and stuff, you know? Kind of just had to start believing in myself rather. And then, then just, uh, not that I don't, but, you know, it's 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 hard to accept when people want to buy something with either your face or your name on it, you know, mm-hmm. or your wrestling name. So it is nice to hear all this feedback and I'll definitely one hundred percent when I'm back will have a t shirt. Just to give you a little taste and give you a bit of want back there after this long break and then the following show then they'll be ready to go. Excellent news. Um, so they're the fan questions that I have so the, the next stuff that I have and this is the last thing this is what we finish on and I plan on finishing every show on this it's the list of quick fire questions um, I have me random number of 22 um, I think you said that's your birthday um, my birthday yeah just gone um, so um, as I said they're really quick um, you can expand right. on them if you want like there's Are no you know, you, related, Colin? Um, no they get into it well they're all wrestling related but they get into a few like outside the ring kind of stuff as well so we'll kick off like so um who's your favorite wrestler rock the rock excellent answer do you have a favorite wrestling team song i probably shouldn't say the rocks one that motivates the fuck out of me but um other than that oh what do we have I like edges actually. I like edges. I think um, ev- I think everyone has edge in their top top yeah. four or five. Like really, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll that's that's up there. That or else, uh, oh, Triple H is one from two thousand. My time. It was the it was the one he had. Uh, I'll never forget. It was the SmackDown before the six pack Hell in a Cell. He beat. He had them all laid. They want to start playing. It's out. It's on my gym playlist and all this. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is my time. Actually, you wrote uh, a song. I did. I you wrote it. Yeah. You wrote a team. The, the Rome Queens one, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, yeah. That's um, you know I've so much thinking time when I'm driving my bus that that's how I came up with that. I didn't even write it down anywhere. I never wrote that down. It's just out of my head, you know. So yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to try to take that out and show that back up again. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool song as well. Um, give it a retweet maybe later yeah. or something. So, what's your favourite match that you've ever been involved in? Uh, WrestleMania 2, uh, Paddy M and Martini against Rustoff. Oh. I'm just going to say that. It's, it's a tough one, but possibly that one. Yeah. Favourite match that you haven't been involved in? Of all time, like, res- like wrestling or Irish wrestling? Give, give, us, give us both. Give us your all time, and then give us your, your OTT or your Irish one. My favourite is probably WrestleMania 17, main event, Austin and Rock. Yeah. Uh, it just stands out. Mm-hmm. It stands out. Uh, favourite NXT, say, would be Tyler B and Pete Dunne when Pete first won the belt. I've watched that match a million times as homework and just from appreciating it. Mm-hmm. And then Irish would probably uh, Walter and Jordan Devlin WrestleMania 2, possibly because... Just the atmosphere, like the crowd. Re- I, I, I believe the crowd thought Jordan was going to retain that, and even I was like, "He has to. This is just this will never happen again." You know? Yeah. But that's that's up there. Actually, one trumps that. Jordan and Marty Squirrel against the Uptown Funkers in the Tivity. Uh, that's the first time I ever said to Jordan when he came back. I said two things to him. One, he had a big knot on his back because I, I could see it from when you were on the 
even I was like you need to get that uh, rolled out and number two man you uh, you're playing with the big boys now uh, that was the first time I realised that he is the real deal excellent I'll have to take a look at that I've never seen it um, so I will have to go and have a look at that one so have you had any injuries yeah I've had a few uh, I went blind in two, for two days in one eye someone stuck their tongue in my eye down in Cork um, I won't get into it too much uh, yeah stuck his finger in my eye uh, he got a receipt uh, then he uh, no not he sorry I also cracked my ribs in the first move of a very match. So everyone scattered, this big guys in the middle of the ring, also down in Cork, belly to belly slam. He didn't take his arms out. I didn't know it at the time. I knew there was something wrong, but yeah. cracked my rib. Had to finish the whole match, which was a four-way tag team elimination match that we went, that we won. So we were into you the You had end. to go all the way. All the way uh, with that cracked rib. I dislocated my thumb in an OTT match. I... Nothing, uh, apart from whiplashes and stuff like that, nothing, mm. nothing else sticks out from there, I don't think. So what's your worst one? The eye was the worst, Jesus. Yeah. Like I had a patch on for two days, I was blind. The, 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 the antibiotics was working. I had to go to the eye and ear hospital in Dublin and all, and I was mm. driving home that night from Cork with Jordan and Paul. And you obviously Dempsey weren't driving. No, them two <laughs> lads were I was fucked if I was driving because it's not a chance. Uh, then two lads just talked to an old Johnny Ives in the back. My eye was like partly like, because obviously uh, it's just a defense mechanism for your eye. It just yeah. kept watering, like buckets of water coming out. Like, um, and then the next day I tried to open it, and any sun that hit it was like excruciating. So, uh, so it was two days of being blind, but probably a full week or so of being um, having a patch up there, you know. Yeah, I can commiserate there. I got a highlight, highlighter marker in one of my eyes. Um, Years ago, first year in skill. So, who would you say has the best mic skills in OTT at the moment? Ooh, David Starr, hands down. Yeah, definitely up there. Barry? Does Barry uh, stack up to him? Probably, probably like a pre recorded promo, which is uh, because only because I haven't seen enough of Barry out in the ring. Okay. Like, I know he's did, he has did it, but yeah, he, he does, he does more so pre show uh, promos mm-hmm. rather than in ring so I would say definitely still uh, Davis there but I'm, they're, I'm they're the two in the community that seem to be popping up yes. now that's why I brought yes. Barry up as well just to, to ask your opinion on him there as well yeah another good guy I'm looking forward to see if he can do it in the ring he can definitely do it in the promo is Steve uh, Car- Carvel from up north yeah I don't know if you know him but, I've uh, seen him once group. with um, he was managing um, what was his name Curtis Murray. Curtis Murray. Yeah. Yeah. That's he was uh, Steve, Steve is a Steve is a very nice guy and he uh he's talented as well and he has a great gimmick and he can talk. He can talk mm-hmm. today's. So this one, um, no offense to anybody else. Yeah. And there's there's loads of them in the dressing room. But if I was to give you a thousand euro and say I'm going to give you odds of even money to put this thousand euro on one person to make a big in the wrestling industry coming out of Ireland. Who's your money going on? Who's your one shining light at the oh, moment? Scott, Scotty Davis. I truly will believe. I truly believe Scotty Davis will be the best wrestler in the world one day. Like absolutely yeah. voted for, whether it's PW five hundred or whatever rating you want to give, I think Davis, Scott, or Scott Davis will be, um, will be the best wrestler in the world. I've said it for years. 
you'll be the best wrestler in the world one day. It's, yeah, really it's shocking to to think how actually young he is as well. Like, so do you have um do you have a guilty pleasure favorite wrestler? Guilty pleasure favorite wrestler. Ooh. John Cena. John Cena, man, he, uh, I was never a fan and I went to a WWE live event in Dublin and I was such a mark and just before I was wrestling, it was his first match against The Rock. No, I was wrestling only a few months and it built up to his match with The Rock and I was screaming when he came out, Rocky, Rocky, you know, and he came over and he put his arm around me. His arm was so heavy. <laughs> he, he put his arm around me and he was like, where's The Rock now? I was like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point, man. But uh, still, The Rock's still my favorite. But yeah, yeah, then I kind of paid more attention to him then, and uh, you have to appreciate the work he's put in, mm-hmm. uh, and to put that much work in, and not while you're not getting the appreciation back, apart from the young kids and that, yeah. it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to mention uh, the the work he's did for being a star. Yeah, you know, all them wishes. So. He's my guilty pleasure wrestler, for sure. It's a great answer. The next one was about merch. I'm not going to ask you about that. So we'll skip that one. So, yeah, you have merch on the way for the next one. Yeah, yeah, it's on the way out. So who have you had the best chemistry in the ring with? Just everything just clicked. Do you know what? I'm looking forward. I hopefully will get a singles match with the session mat one day. I think myself and herself, we've had like two matches. It's only been two matches. But... Them two matches are probably in my top five matches of all time, you know? Okay. Yeah. And she, she's involved in two of them. Even Paddy, after that WrestleMania match, said Paddy, even Paddy messaged me, he's like, I'd love to see a singles match. She was two just clicked in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So right now I'll say Sashima. Excellent. She's some goward as well. Like. Ah, she's brilliant. So do you prefer to work as a singles or a tag? Tag. Is that just because you're more accustomed to it? No, it's because my cardio is shy. How many? No, I just, I just like, I just like having more people. The more people I have to bounce off, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, think yeah. about me trying to do. Imagine me trying to do this vote blog thing without the girls. If they weren't even involved in the start, yeah, so much harder, so much harder. So definitely tag. Um, Watching wrestling, I rather singles. Right. So, what are you watching during lockdown? Movies. I can't commit to a series, man. I don't know why. There's so many different ones to choose from that I don't know what to pick. Um, and you I watched Tiger King? Yeah, I watched that, actually, but that's only like... <laughs> that's something that everyone's watched, like... Seven episodes or something, so that yeah. was fine. I, I could commit to that. But I watched um, Shooter not too long ago, which is cool, which is not very popular, but there's a movie Shooter as well with Mark Wahlberg, but there's yeah. a series, um, which is very good. But yeah, like I devoted six years of my life to Lost, and I'm still lost. So, you know, I it's, in my, it's in my top five Lost. Oh my god, we won't if get Lost into is it. Lost in your top five. Yeah, Shit, yeah. Leave that for another day. Like. Yeah, we won't get into that. So, one word that you'd use to describe Joker Bray? Boss. Boss. He's my boss. Um, I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Smart. He's he's a lot smarter than like not that he's not giving credit, but. It's very seldom you have a promoter that has a great wrestling mind and a great business mind. You put them two together. Mm-hmm. Genius. Genius is the word. Genius. genius. I'm, not, um, I'm, not, no, I'm not licking up there now for the business. <laughs> but if it helps. <laughs> um, Callum actually said hero. Definitely, yeah. Especially after this 
when he brings back the skill. From what I know of him, he's like I'd go with along what you were saying. Like he's a genius, he's a visionary. Yeah, um, something yeah. along those lines. Callum, Callum is probably closer to him than I am. To be honest. Yeah. No, I Joe, am. Joe trained, like, Joe trained Callum. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's a bit closer than I would be with him. Mm-hmm. So getting into the the dressing room now. So the lads and the ladies in the dressing room. Is there anyone who you'd say, no, not in a bad way, but is there anyone who you'd say is the most annoying in the dressing room? If you're not in the humour, it would be Martina. Yeah, because uh, she's just hyper all the time. She's never in a bad mood, which is a good thing. It's a great thing, yeah. obviously, but if you're not in the humour, like, or, or else, I'm sorry, mate, but I love you, but Justy, if you're not in the humour, man, that fella just doesn't show up. <laughs> he doesn't show up. Man, we had, a, we had a drive down to Cork one time, and Paul was driving, and he took the wrong turn, which turned into a four-and-a-half-hour journey, and we had Justy in the back for that. My ears were bleeding, man. My ears were bleeding. Sorry, Justin, I love you, dude, but Jesus, man. Shut up. Um, so who do you think has the best ringer? Best ringer? Is there anyone's gear that you've looked at and said, oh, that's good? Uh, Flex's new gear is nice. I like the tights that he's, he's buying at the minute. Uh, but other than that, Scotty Davis gets pretty cool. He gets mm-hmm. pretty cool gear. Debbie's new gear looks class that she didn't get to show off yet because it was supposed to be for the stadium. There was a lot, a lot of design and thought went into that, but um, hopefully you going to see that then. Yeah, I seen a picture because I got also got some new gear for it, so so we seen the picture with that. Yeah, it's great design. So who would be the best to room with if you were traveling? Anyone who doesn't snore, I can't deal with a snorer, mate. Paul was having an asthma attack one time when we were in England. I was having a nightmare that someone was dying of breathing problems and I woke up and it was Paul, Paul legit doing of breathing problems I was like where's your inhaler man how get for you <laughs> I didn't bring it <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh, yeah who was the best did you say who was the best me? yeah oh man I don't know like I said anyone who doesn't snore I could yeah. do it and um, is there anyone in particular then who would be the worst no anyone who does snore or anyone who's like a smoker or something because I wouldn't be having them smoke in my room who would you say has the best taste in music? Me. <laughs> Anyone apart from yourself? Uh, I don't know, man, because it's hard. Like, a lot of them are into big heavy metal rock, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I wouldn't be into. Like, I like a bit of rock for my gym playlist and stuff, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be into heavy stuff, too heavy. Um, but it's, it's hard. I don't know anyone's really music mm-hmm. taste because it'd be in their ears mo- like, you know what I mean? They wouldn't yeah. be playing it loud because we told to shut up. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just me, because just legend. Right? Um, anyone you think that has the worst taste in music? So have you ever been, have you ever been traveling with someone or just traveling to a show or even in a car journey and they just have some absolutely dreadful stuff on? Like? Um, no, Paul. Probably Paul, man. He, like, he listens to like, Shania Twain and stuff. Like, you know? <laughs> like, I could put anything from Oasis to to One Direction on, for God's sake, um, to to anything. Like, Code Lion, picture this, like, then there's Rocky stuff and there's rap stuff and, you know, well, yeah, he's listening to, uh, he does Shania Twain, the, uh, your one who sang the Titanic song, what's her name, Celine Dion. Yeah. Uh, he loves all that shit, man, like, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Easy. Right, so this is a bit more visual then. So who, was the, who would you say has the best dress sense? Uh, Sammy D. 
wasn't, wasn't brought up in my previous conversation. Was he? No, he, no. he showed up. He showed up to that sack. Give someone that did to show and tell it. Yeah. No, it wasn't that one. I think it was the other one. I reunited with Debbie, mm-hmm. and uh, I was wearing cargo trousers. <laughs> and Key actually, Callum Black was like, he said, uh, "Is that what CT stands for?" You know, cargo trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like when someone when someone wears something that like is probably looked at as a bit crazy, but when they have the balls to wear it, uh, it looks right. cool. Yeah, the war stress sense. War stress sense. Any outrageous numbers that you're saying? Seeing uh, the fabulous Nicky. Sometimes he could dress nice. He was gonna be the one until I thought Sammy for the best. He's also mm-hmm. the worst at times as well. Sometimes <laughs> he wears stuff that you're like, what the hell? He's wearing his nanny's curtains or something. Like. <laughs> I think he legit wore something before that I was like, did you just wear your Nandy's curtains, you know? Fabulous sneaky. That's something that I was actually meant to say to you earlier when you actually, um, when you fought him and was it him and Angel? Angel Cruz, yeah. You had a three on two. Um, yeah. And you were saying about your, your flame trousers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it looked like I was supposed to team with him and he was Nikki, Nikki was wearing, like it doesn't matter what you wear if you're in there with Nikki. Nikki's yeah. wearing the most outrageous stuff in there. Like, like he, it looked like he was uh, auditioning for Moulin Rouge. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Um, so the last question then. So who's the longest in the shower? Longest in the shower? As in length of time? Take it up whatever way you want. In terms of... <laughs> the, the, in terms of the thing we sh- probably shouldn't be talking about, I would say <laughs> my, my cell, myself or um, Darren Kearney. Um, I hope he's of age. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than import, import, uh, what is his name? Jody Fleisch, Firehouse, Firehouse. That's all I'll say. I, I heard, uh, I heard, I heard Osprey's the same, but I haven't seen. But I got a full visual of Jody, and I was like, "Yeah, your nickname is the Tripod now, bro." Yeah, <laughs> not to float me on wall, but yeah, I'm up there, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. Oh, so that's that's a lot of the quick fire questions. There's some great answers in there. Um, I really enjoyed them. But yeah, that's pretty much I have for this episode. Yeah, um, so I just want to thank you very much, CT, for coming on. And just can't wait to, to get back to wrestling. Hopefully, August is where we're looking at. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they don't push it too quick for obvious reasons. But yeah, can't wait to get back and, and see you in person then as well. Thanks for having me on, Colin, and uh, thanks to all the fans for the questions and the support. And uh, uh, without your support, I don't keep getting booked on shows. So keep it, keep it coming, please. So uh, yeah, thanks very much for having me, Colin. No problem. It was an absolute pleasure. So just for anybody who's listening or watching, um, if you could just get on to social media, if you could follow CT on Twitter at CT Flexer and uh, Instagram at CT underscore Flexer. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram, the same handles at KOOK underscore pod. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, kicking out a kayfabe. If you're not watching on YouTube, please go on, hit the subscribe button and leave comments let me know how we're doing um anything that you'd like to see anything that we can change um but again ct thanks very much for coming on i really do appreciate it yeah and um, can't wait to see it again soon and thanks everyone for listening appreciate it, man. until thanks. next time thank you thanks guys